love makes the world go round. Love is all you need. Love will keep us together. Love will tear us apart? What? What kind of love is that? Well, what is it we talk about when we talk about love here in this place, in this sacred space we share every Sunday? Love is undoubtedly a primary focus of ours. It is more than that. It is fundamental to anything else that we may focus on. If we agree in love, says the Universalist minister Hosea Ballou in our hymnal, if we agree in love, there is no disagreement that can do us any injury. But if we do not, no other agreement can do us any good. Another reading included from our Universalist heritage says, Love is the doctrine of this church. Unitarian minister Theodore Parker says, Be ours a religion which has as its ritual works of love. In our sources, we speak of confronting powers and structures of evil with the transforming power of love. We are convinced that the world needs more love and that there is more love somewhere and that we're going to keep on until we find it. We know that we need to practice love, that we need to nurture love so that it may grow across this whole world, that it indeed has the power to transform the world. And we are not alone in that conviction. It is a need that is widely understood, one with which hardly anyone would disagree. We know that love heals, that it gives a powerful yes to the no of despair, that its power is felt exponentially across the whole web of life when we reach out, even in the smallest of ways sharing love and acceptance in our small circles of contact. This love is a chosen response to the inescapable interconnectedness of the web of life. So yes, love is good, beautiful, nurturing, necessary. And it is also hard challenging, painful, even frightening. Love can heal, and love can hurt, sometimes at the same time. If we are serious about working as a community toward beloved community, and we are, then I think we need to remind ourselves that love is not the tame, cuddly, comfortable thing that we often imagine it to be. It can be less like slipping into a warm bath and more like experiencing a cold shower, one that wakes us up to our inherent connections to others. Once awake to the reality of our connections to others, what then? We can mistakenly believe that love is a simple feeling, but more importantly, it is also a truly 
rigorous practice. It can provide comfort, yes, but also discomfort sometimes at the same time. Far be it from me to criticize the Beatles or the amazing songwriting duo of Lennon-McCartney, but sometimes I hear the song, All You Need Is Love, and I think to myself, Oh, is that all I need? Well then. Because while it may indeed be true that all we need is love, love doesn't travel alone. It comes packaged in these enormously complex packages of humanness. With all the anger and humor and jealousy and generosity and arrogance and humility and history and rootedness and, let's face it, downright quirkiness that humans are known to exhibit. It is packaged within our bodies, embodied along with all the aches and ecstasies of our physical selves. It vies with our emotions for a place, fights for expression through the miraculous yet imprecise vehicles of human speech and expression and decision, takes form in the well-intentioned yet often clumsy performance of our day-to-day actions. Sometimes those you love will make mistakes. They will drop the ptarmigan eggs. Sometimes, horrors, we ourselves will be the ones to drop the eggs. Sometimes those you love will put salmon in your parka and lemmings in your mucklucks. They will throw water on the lamp for no earthly reason. They will run away and howl with the wolves. Sometimes those you love will change overnight into a muskox or a walrus. They will seem as scary as that polar bear flashing claws and sharp teeth. It doesn't mean we don't still love them, but yes, it hurts. In the story I read earlier, we heard the mother's constant affirmation of her love over and over throughout everything. Still, I would love you. Now let me read her responses without those affirmations. Listen for the feelings. Then I would be worried. Then, dear one, I would be very sad. Then I would be surprised. Then I would be surprised and a little scared. Then I would be very surprised and very scared. Parents, does any of that hit home? Not only parents, everyone, everyone who has loved another person, don't those emotions enter into that love sometimes because we care, because we are concerned, because we have risked loving wide open. It hurts to love wide open. It hurts to love what is mortal. It hurts to love knowing that love is not about control, that we can't hold on to love and let go again and again. It may sometimes feel like love is tearing us apart. But if we are to love, if we are to love with the love that I believe we celebrate here in this place that moves past those we know and love, 
to those we love but do not yet know and may never know, those to whom we are nevertheless connected, then we have no choice but to love with abandon, to love with the risk of being hurt, to love what is mortal and maddening and miraculous in its imperfections as well as its beauty, because it is our imperfections that create the hollows in which we can receive love. It is the rough edges of our lives where love can grab and take hold. Love is the greatest joy and the greatest risk and the greatest need for all of all for each and every one of us. Because we can practice loving throughout our entire lifetimes and never come to the end of our learning, never master what psychologist Eric Fromm calls the art of loving, never reach a place where we can sit back and coast. As is said of democracy, beloved community is not a spectator sport. I love the words from Israel Zangwil that were adapted for our hymnal as a call to worship, the one we heard today. Come into the circle of love and justice. Come into the community of mercy, holiness, and health. Come and you shall know peace and joy. I love it as far as it goes. But if we are talking about this community or any community that is working to create what we call beloved community, then it is hardly comprehensive. Come into the circle of love and justice. Come into the community of mercy, holiness, and health. Come and you shall know peace and joy. Yes. And you shall know challenge and frustration and disappointment and discomfort and fatigue Now, I understand that is not quite the welcome we wish to give people. I don't want to scare anyone off. I don't mean at all to undercut the peace and joy part. They are here. I just want to be clear that the task we have set for ourselves, the mission we recite every Sunday about deepening connections through nurturing spiritual growth, practicing justice, and inspiring joy, this covenant that calls us to practice patience, compassion, and empathy, to listen deeply and speak truthfully, to be honest and authentic, this is challenging stuff. And to remind us that if we are true to the ways we have promised to be with one another and the ways we have pledged to act in the world at large, if we are working toward beloved community, then we will be loving, as James Baldwin described, in the tough and universal sense of quest and daring and growth. Quest. To truly love means I will be open to discoveries, for there is no end to the discoveries. It is a quest with revelations to cherish along the way, but a quest without end. Daring. To truly love means I will be willing to risk honesty. Be vulnerable. Acknowledge my own need for healing as I seek to participate in a community of healing and hope. 
growth. To truly love means I will be willing to make mistakes and learn from experience and move outside of my comfort level and practice new skills. This is why the feeling of love needs to be distinguished from the work of love. How do we best give expression to that love which we feel when we recognize our connections and the promise of community? How do we establish that practice so that we can continue expressing love even at those times we don't feel it? That is not unique to religious communities or any communities. That is a part of human relationship at every level and in every situation. The feeling of love cannot carry us through our lives, but the practice of love provides a sturdy framework on which we can rely. Love requires that work in every situation. Come into this loving, romantic relationship and you shall know peace and joy. And you shall know challenge and frustration and disappointment and discomfort and fatigue. Come into this loving family and you shall know peace and joy. And you shall know challenge and frustration and disappointment and discomfort and fatigue. Come into these loving friendships and you shall know. Goes on and on. What I love about the song we will sing shortly, Peace Like a River, is that we sing about pain and tears right along with love and joy all in the same song. We laugh, we cry. Love includes all of that. I can fumble in trying to express love. I can think I am being loving in the giving, and it can feel like something else in the receiving. I can fumble in receiving love. It can be, it can be loving in the giving, and yet feel like something else when I receive it. Love is healing, but sometimes healing Hurts. Sometimes it is precisely that healing from which I am trying to hide. But here's the thing. The truth is, I can actually get better at loving, giving and receiving if I am willing to put in the work. It is what we practice here. We remind one another whenever we gather that though we are not we are now necessarily isolated from one another. We are not isolated beings, but connected in mystery and miracle to the universe, to this community, and to each other. We remind each other to practice loving, to work at it. Together we can sharpen our skills. But first I must overcome my fear. The challenge of loving can be threatening. The challenge of being loved can be threatening. There is a natural human instinct to move toward love, and there is a natural human tend to run away from it. I don't think anyone has described that as beautifully as James Baldwin. 
Love is so desperately sought and so cunningly avoided. Love takes off the mask that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. Why would I avoid love? Because I have grown accustomed to the security of my mask, the one I present to the world, the one which holds nothing really of me, and because I am not invested in it, this mask also requires nothing of me. Why would I avoid love? Because I understand instinctively that loving means risking honesty, that loving makes me vulnerable. That loving is a challenge to face myself without the mask, to come to know myself so that I can genuinely care and be there for others. And while it can be frustrating and discouraging and frightening and just plain hard, and while you don't need to come here to find frustration and discouragement and fear and hard work, there is the promise that love holds, the peace that Zangwill speaks of, the connections that are deepened, the awareness that is heightened, the joy that is inspired. If there is any hope of transforming the world and changing ourselves, we must be bold enough to step into discomfort, brave enough to be clumsy there, loving enough to forgive ourselves and others. May we be granted the strength to be so bold, so brave, and so loving.